Hello, my friends. Today we are in Psalm 88, and uh, this is the darkest psalm in all of the 150. This says, A psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song to be sung to the tune of the suffering of affliction, a psalm of Heman the Ezraite. I'm going to read it to you from the New Living Translation. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day, I come to you at night, now hear my prayer, listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I'm forgotten, cut off from your care. You've thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you've engulfed me. You've driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I'm in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help, O oh Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your, de- are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. So Matthew Sleeth in his book, Hope Always, reminds us of some really dark statistics. In the coming year, 10 million Americans will ponder ending their life. More than five Americans will intentionally kill themselves in the coming hour. The body count adds up quickly, 130 people per day, 3,900 per month, 47,000 per year, nearly half a million in the coming decade. If the suicide rate in the Great Depression was 14 per 100,000, then today's rate adjusted for technology because there are so many interventions uh, that can stop someone who tries to kill themselves uh, to bring healing and recovery would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 per 100,000. Today, roughly one in eight American adults is taking medication to treat depression and still the suicide rate is up 30% in the last 20 years. And not surprisingly, calls to suicide hotlines during spring 2020 coronavirus lockdown were up 800%. So this psalm is a prayer by the deeply depressed and for the deeply depressed. And it starts 
with a clear call to God. Yahweh, God of my salvation, I cry out. The tone of this psalm, this sleepless prayer, echoes Psalm 42, another psalm from the sons of Korah, and it also mirrors what's going on in uh, Psalm 22. Uh, There's just this growing darkness as you move through the psalm. It works inverse of most of the uh, dark and desperate prayers that usually end with some sprig of hope toward the end. But the shadows and the darkness gather, uh, acknowledges uh, that he's banished, uh, that uh, his friends are uh, far away. Uh, looking back, only ill health and ill fortune can be remembered. Looking forward, he's terrified. Looking for human comfort, he's got no one. And then that most disturbing uh, ending for the psalm, the only friend I have left is darkness. Um, darkness is the very last word of this psalm, which makes it uh, all the more difficult uh, to deal with. So you kind of wonder, uh, how do you handle this, right? A couple of things to keep in mind uh, that um, Derek Kidner reminds in his commentary, a happy ending this side of eternity is not promised, okay? Uh, This present uh, world in which we find ourselves is not the final one. Uh, This calls for new creation and this groaning that we experience in our body, like Paul talks about in Romans 8, uh, is a sign of the birth pains, uh, longing to be made new, born anew. Uh, Where else uh, can we find hope? Well, uh, like Job, even though nothing in the surrounding circumstances changes, Uh, Job does not give up and curse God, and neither does uh, the psalmist here. Uh, There's another sprig of hope in the midst of this, uh, and it lies in the opening signature. Uh, If this is from one of the sons of Korah, Heman the Ezrahite, then this is a temple musician. This is an artist, okay? Uh, And... Uh, Tim Keller notes, but the psalm title tells us that the author was Heman, a leader of the Kohathite uh, Guild of Musicians who wrote many of the psalms, some of the greatest literature in world history, and his experiences of darkness turned him into an artist who has helped millions of people. Yeah. And... Uh, Where else do we find hope in this psalm? Well, it's written in the opening line of the prayer. Yahweh, God of my salvation, I cry out. Literally, Yahweh, God of my Jesus, I cry out. You see, Jesus was God himself in the flesh and uh, Jesus on the cross cries out this mysterious truth 
that often when God seems most painfully absent, God is actually most powerfully at work and actually feeling your pain. God lamented, God was rejected, God cried, and God even died. God hung in the most God-forsaken place in all the world, in all human history. The king of heaven experienced a living hell on earth at the cross. He was willingly emptied of his glory, his dignity, his blood, and his breath. He felt all the feels in his frail human body with the psalms spilling from his lips. The most blessed name in all history became a curse word. The only truly innocent one in the bunch became sin itself. The healer was mortally wounded. The one who is love was enveloped in outrage. The one who is light drowned in darkness. The one who is life succumbed to death. And why? In order to reverse the curse, in order to bring salvation through his suffering, in order to bring healing through his wounds, in order to bring life through his death, in order to pierce the darkness with the light of God's word so that on our darkest days and our most restless nights, when we can barely breathe and everything is falling apart, we can remember this. God, I know you've been there. I know that you care. I know that you are here. You are near and you can hear me now. I can't see it, but I believe it. Jesus, wounded healer, train my eyes to see you in what may seem like the unlikeliest of times and places and faces. May your word be so deeply planted in my chest that when I open my lips, it flows from me on my worst day and on my best. Friends, when you have someone in your world who's expressing or feeling these kinds of deep sorrows and depressions the first order is to hear them turn your ear to my cry to validate the struggle and the suffering if i share my hurt will you stay is almost the the thing that people hesitate to even lean into okay we can say lots more about care uh, there, but, but start there. See, Job's friends, they did really well when they showed up and they sat with Job in his sorrows and they just cried with him. It's when they spoke up and they started saying all sorts of things that glossed over Job's pain and suffering that they got into trouble as friends. Remember Jesus, the wounded healer, the one who's been there, engulfed in darkness. Be the kind of friend who shares sorrows. Peace, my friends.